for the last number of weeks now, we've been in a series called Voices. And we've been discussing the many different voices in our lives and how different lo- uh, voices in our lives should carry different weight, that they shouldn't all carry the same weight. And that we need to be aware of this and make sure that we're giving the proper weight to the proper voices, the ones that really matter and should have uh, more influence in our lives. And we've talked about a number of voices in this series, but this morning I want to talk about our voices, your voice and my voice. Um, We all have voices as well. And whether we realize it or not, our voices carry weight in other people's lives. But before we dive into that, I wanted to share a few sayings with you to see if any of these sound familiar. Okay, here we go. I know you are, but what am I? Or maybe this one. I am rubber, and you are glue. So it bounces off of me, and it sticks back to you. Or maybe this one. Sticks and stones may break my bones but words will never hurt me. How many of us have heard of those sayings? Most probably, right? Um, Most of us heard these as children, and they seem a little silly, maybe a little immature, but really they're all defense mechanisms meant to deflect hurtful words. While we can decide how much weight the voices speaking into our lives have, we don't always get the choice of the level of impact our voices have on others. Words are powerful. They're powerful. God spoke creation into being. God's words are powerful and so are ours. And I just want to remind us of this this morning. The Bible tells us that our words are powerful, so we need to take care in how we use them. Our words can tear down or our words can build up. Kim and I are are always telling our kids to speak life. Speak life over situations, over friends, over whatever it is. In Proverbs 18.21, it says this, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. And I also really like how it uh, says it in the Passion Translation. It says, Your words are so powerful that they will kill or give life, and the talkative person will reap the consequences. That last part about those that love it will eat its fruit or talkative person will reap its consequences is basically saying, you get to choose your meal. Your tongue can produce good fruit that's sweet or rotten fruit that's damaging, but you have to eat of it either way. Realize it or not, the words that you speak They affect others, but they affect you as well. So husbands and wives, take care of what you speak over your spouse. Parents, take care of what you speak over your kids. Teens and children, take care of what you speak over your siblings. And everyone, take care of what you speak over your friends, over everyone you meet. Guys, we need to be speaking life everywhere we go. The reality is the world and the enemy do a good enough job of tearing us down, and we really don't need to contribute. The Bible speaks of the importance of this in many scriptures. I'm not going to put these all up on the screen, but I'm going to read through some of them quickly, and this is just a small sampling of 
of what Scripture offers on this topic, but uh, Colossians 4.6 says, Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. 1 Peter 3.10 says, For the one who desires life to love and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Proverbs 12.18 says, There is one who speaks rashly like the thrust of a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Proverbs 13.3 says, Whoever guards his mouth preserves his life, and he who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. Proverbs 11.12 says, Whoever belittles his neighbor lacks sense, but a man of understanding remains silent. I like this one because it reminds me of something my mom always used to say. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. That's right. (laughs) She was smart. And lastly... Proverbs 21:23. Whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. I'm pretty sure that that one was inspiration for the Fifth Amendment. <clears throat> right to remain silent. <laughs> there are many, many more, but you get the idea. We need to take care with our words and how we use our voices. We don't always get to see the impact that our voices make, but we need to know that that impact is there, good or bad. Now, I want to give a few examples of things we might say, and I chose to use parents to children because, well, for me, it's the most relevant. Kids are amazing and awesome and also very challenging at times, so I think everyone can relate to this. Maybe we would say something like, how many times do I have to ask you to do your chores? You're so lazy. Or you need to clean up your room. You're such a slob. Or how many times do I have to show you how to do this? Can you do anything right? We say lots of things when we're frustrated or angry. And we may think nothing of it, but, but what message are we sending? Are we speaking life or are we speaking death? Our kids are receiving a message that they are lazy, messy, and can't do anything right. And if they continually hear that message, they're likely going to start to believe it. I wish I could say that I've never said anything like this to my kids, but unlike our perfect Heavenly Father, I'm flawed. I say things I don't mean when I get angry. I've said stuff like this to my kids. I've used my words to tear down. I've said things to friends, to family, to my wife that I regret. And guys, we're all going to do this at times. We are. None of us are perfect. But that's also why we need to remember to be quick to repentance and quick to forgiveness. We're all going to blow it sometimes, but that's why Jesus gave us the gift of repentance. We can identify when our thinking or our words are not in alignment with his heart and his word, and we can change our minds and agree with him. That's really all repentance is, is just changing our minds and coming to agreement with him. When we aren't speaking life, we can repent. And when someone speaks to us and it's hurtful, we can forgive. Jesus requires it of us. In Matthew 6, 15, 14 to 15, it says this, For if you forgive others their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. We need to be quick to repentance and quick to forgiveness and slow to speak. How many of us 
do we let our mouths get ourselves in trouble? In James 1.19, it says, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. You know, that's why God gave us two ears and one mouth. Two is more important than the one. <laughs> we have to listen. Words spoken in, in a place of anger or frustration are rarely helpful. Our words are powerful, and our voices have an impact. So we really need to take care and be thoughtful about our speech. So I feel like I've driven home the importance of, of that side of it. So let's have a look at the positive. Friends, our words can also build up and bring life. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. That word in scripture for life means flowing, fresh, lively, active, reviving, sustenance. Our words can bring life into people as well. In Proverbs 16.24, it says this, Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. I like that. That's nice. That's much, much better than all the negative. <laughs> Friends, our voice can bring life and sweetness and healing. Our voice can be refreshing and encouraging. It can lift other spirits and it can help people see things in themselves that they may not see. Now, in saying all this, I also want to point out that speaking life doesn't mean that we exclude truth. Because truth brings life. Truth is life. I remember having conversations with my oldest daughter, Trinity, about what she wanted to do as a profession when she grew up. And like most kids, the options changed kind of all over the place. But at one point, I remember she said, Dad, I want to be a mechanical engineer chef. Now, I could have said, that's silly. There's no such thing. Or I could have said, okay, honey, you be the best mechanical engineer chef you can be. But instead, I spoke truth and life. My response was something like, honey, I'm... I'm pretty sure that those two professions don't intermingle into a single thing. But if that's what you're interested in, investigate both. Pursue both. Maybe in doing that, you can hone in on what you really want to do. Or maybe in investigating it, you'll find that they do meet somewhere and that I'm wrong. But even if I'm right, there's nothing saying that you can't do some of each throughout your life. Now, if you know Trinity, some of you do, she is a very determined person, so if she had set her mind to that, you might have seen the world's first mechanical engineer chef, I'm just saying. In, in thinking back on it, it could very well be that she just wanted to be like her dad and her mom. I'm very mechanically minded and technical, and at the time, Kim was a stay-at-home mom, and she can cook a mean meal. But either way, you get the idea. We can speak truth and life at the same time. The key is to speak the truth in love, in a way that brings life. In Ephesians 4, 11 through 16, it says this, And he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith, and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of a stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ, as a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, 
by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming, but speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building of itself in love. Guys, I know I have a responsibility to speak the truth in love so that we can all grow and we can mature, but it's not just me as a pastor or apostles or evangelists. It's all of us that have this responsibility. We're all fitted together, and when we are all proper working, it causes the body to grow and build itself up in love. Love is the key, friends. Speaking life and truth comes from a place of love. I love my daughter, so I was honest with her, but I also encouraged her. Now, she doesn't want to be a mechanical engineer chef anymore, but uh, when I told her that I'd be sharing this in my message, the, the memory um, made her laugh, and it put a smile on her face, and um, she admitted that she still doesn't really know what she wants to do, but she's working it out, like we all are. <clears throat> I also remember encouraging a friend of mine his name's Zach, and he used to work for me. Um, very early in his career, uh, I gave him an opportunity to get into kind of the maintenance technical world that I live in, and um, he's just a really smart guy. He had a really great attitude, and, um, you know, sometimes he'd kind of be down on himself, and I'd just tell him, Zach, look, man, you're a hard worker. You have a great attitude, and if you keep those things up and you just keep learning, man, someday you'll be leading a crew of, of people yourself seems like a pretty basic thing to say or a pretty basic encouragement, but that stuck with him. I remember the first time I said it, he was he kind of taken back, like, are you talking about me? <laughs> you could tell that it was really something that he had never considered about himself. Years later, I was able to see that come about. He became a lead technician, and he led a crew of guys on a shift. Maybe eight or ten years after, you know, I had these conversations with him, and he'd never really brought it up to me since I had mentioned it to him, but we were on a business trip traveling with some of the other technicians, and we were having a conversation in the evening, and he just mentioned that. Like one of the guys was getting down on himself or something, and he was like, hey, man, Andrew used to tell me this, and you can do the same thing. And it was almost like word for word what I told him. And so you could tell it stuck with him. Our words are powerful. Whether they're good or bad, they, they stick. So let's make sure that the words that we're speaking are ones we want to stick to people. It produces life and fruit. Our voices have impact. We don't always get to see what that impact is, but it is pretty wonderful when we do, especially when it's positive, not so much when it's negative. But don't underestimate the power of your voice. Whether encouraging a friend or even speaking a kind word over a complete stranger. It makes a difference. Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. It's true. There's another aspect of our voices that I want to talk about as well. We know that words that we speak over others have impact, good and bad, but what about what we speak over ourselves? Self-talk can also build up or tear down. Now this one seems to be a little more tricky, but it generally starts with our thought life. 
What do you think about yourself? What do you say about yourself? Our thought life is very important. In 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5, it says this, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. You know, this is speaking of all thoughts, but I'm kind of focused in on the, the thoughts that we have about ourselves and the things we speak over ourselves. We so often fail to realize the impact that it has on us, what we speak over ourselves. What we think and believe about ourselves changes who we are. It changes how we act, how we respond. Just like our words over others, they can build up or they can tear down. Now, young people, I really want all of you to take this one to heart. We all struggle with this at some level, but it seems to affect our young people more today than ever. I know it may seem silly to you, but I've heard some of, of the teens here and the youth here speak some of these things over themselves. And as often as I hear it, I, I'm quick to correct it. That's not true. Don't say that about yourself. That's not true. That's not true. Jesus says this. You know, things like, I'm stupid. I'm not good enough. I have no friends. No one likes me. I don't fit in. Whatever it may be, don't speak that way about yourself. Just don't do it. And that goes for all of us. Guys, depression, anxiety, low self-esteem, amongst many other things, these are all very real battles. But much of these battles take place in our thought life, in our mind. In 2 Corinthians 10, the scripture speaks and gives an example of warfare. And Paul uses that example for a reason. We're to take every thought captive, not dismiss it or ignore it, but take it captive to the obedience of Christ. So what does that really mean? That means we grab hold of it, we work it out. We discern the thought source. Is it us? Is it the enemy? Is it, is it God? We examine it against the word of God and the heart of God. And if it's not in alignment with his word and his heart, we destroy it. We remove it from our thinking and our speech. Now that may seem over the top to you, but it's in his word for a reason. Our thoughts and our words are powerful. They bring life and they bring death. Now as we do this, does that mean that those same thoughts may not come back again? No, they likely will. But what it does mean is each time they do, we go through that same process. We don't just dismiss it or ignore it. We say, no, you're not in alignment with the heart of my Father. It can be as simple as saying, I acknowledge you thought, and I acknowledge that you are not in alignment with God's word or his heart, and I reject you and ban you in Jesus' name. It can be as simple as that. Friends, we need to speak life everywhere, and that includes over ourselves. It's important that we keep our thought life and our words captive to the obedience of Christ. Byron, if you can come up. <clears throat> the reality is, the words that we speak and say over ourselves, they steer us. 
James 3, 2 through 4 says this, For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body as well. Now if we put the bits into the horse's mouths so that they will obey us, we direct their entire body as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so great and are driven by strong winds, are still directed by a very small rudder wherever the inclination of the pilot desires. Guys, what we focus on, what we say, it steers us. I remember playing basketball in junior high, and whenever we were practicing, I remember Coach Applehans telling us, follow through and keep your eye on where you want the ball to go. If you're looking at the corner of the backboard, it's not likely that it's going to land in the center of the hoop. Same concept when I was learning to ride a motorcycle. My buddy Ron would say, don't look where you're turning, or where, you know, don't look where you're, where you're turning, but where you want to go, and the bike will take you there. What we think, what we say, what we focus on, it steers us. So we have to make sure that we're focused on the right thing. In Philippians 4.8, it says this, and I love the wording used in the Passion Translation. It says, keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. We have to speak life over ourselves. Guys, we are one of God's glorious works. Let's take care of what we speak over ourselves. As we've been looking in this series, there are many voices in our lives. They shouldn't all carry the same weight. We need to take care in how much weight we give each voice. We need to remember that one of those voices is our own. And we need to take care of what we speak over others and ourselves. And be sure that Jesus' voice, Jesus' words, carry the most weight in our lives. Our words are powerful. Our voices have impact. So let's use them wisely and speak life everywhere we go.